Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hey everyone, this is Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Flame On. to Flame On. I am Brian the Bear. I am here with our lovely assistant Oral. Hi, everybody. Assistant. I'm in a Doctor Who frame of mind, what can I tell you? And uh, special guest and huge Doctor Who fan, uh, Dr. Drew. Hello. From the First Order Historians. Are you a douchebag who doesn't care about your patients? <gasps> no. What? I actually Dr. do Drew? have patients. I know, so, uh... I know, but Dr. <laughs> Drew, get it? I, oh, I care about them. That's, I think. Yeah. I'd like to see your version of Celebrity Rehab. Oh my god, that'd be fantastic. Can we do that? The question really just does a lot of, like, quaaludes and opiates. <laughs> Joshua? Yeah. Oh god. Let's remember, he is Joshua. He is not the question anymore. Thank god. Oh, he gave up that title? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, thank god. Riot from his cold, dead hand. <laughs> we were so thrilled when that uh happened finally. We're like, oh, you're coming out? That's awesome. And then Oral had a lovely little uh, Barbara Walters-style uh interview. It was tasteful. It was fun. Um, and so that's, that's back in our feed about a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. actually, like two or three. Should we tell people why they're here? Uh, sure. If you haven't figured it out from the title or you don't even know, well, you're just listening from one show to the next, this is a very special Doctor Who microsode. Uh, we are recording this mere days after the reveal of the actor who will play 12th Doctor. That's the 12th, less than anyone so else. So we think. So we, so BBC is pushing forward with. BBC has said a lot of things recently. They so. have, and we know Moffat lies. So who knows what his actual number is, but, uh, Peter Capaldi, I think I'm saying that right, 
uh, an actor famous for saying fuck and horsecock repeatedly in a beautiful Scottish brogue all across the BBC, uh, playing this role, Malcolm Tucker. Uh, and I forgot the show. It's like In the Thick of It or something. Uh, and then they made a movie kind of extension of it called In the Loop. He is the new Doctor as of, what, the Christmas special? Mm-hmm. 50th anniversary. Well, special. so I'm curious to see if, this is the big mystery, because we have the 50th coming up in November. Yeah, are they also it's doing a November. Christmas special? There is. Yes. Oh. So we actually get at least two more hours of Matt Smith. But I'm wondering the way they're doing it. And so, of course, we're going to do a little bit of spoilers here. If you have not watched the end of Series 7... Well, shame on you. Well, shame on you, of course. Uh, but we are going to be spoiling that a little bit. So, But speculating, because we don't know what to expect with the Christmas special uh, especially, but... The 50th, all we know is it'll be David Tennant, the 11th Doctor. Oh, 10th Doctor. Sorry. Billy Piper. Uh, Billy Piper. Uh, Bucktooth bitch. Bucktooth, yep. <laughs> well, you know, at least she's used to Well, you know what? I, I will say this. I like Billy Piper as an actress. I don't particularly care at all for Rose. I like Billy Piper pre-first uh, time she left because she had her regular teeth. When she came back in the end of the Donna stuff... With her porcelain veneers? She had the fake whatever teeth, and she talked like this. If you go back, you see that she talks like this, which is hilarious to me because I just seen her in uh, Diary, uh, Secret Diary of a Car Call Girl, and she sounded fine. And that was filmed around the same time. I don't know what the hell happened, but... Anyway, I like her better before that. Well, I think it's a cliche, but she is one of my favorite companions. I, good. I love her. I mean, how far can Plucky and Poor get you? I'm sorry. Oh. Plucky and Poor. Ace. That's all I gotta say. Ace was Plucky and Poor. But Rose is important for several reasons. One, she was sort of the restart of the companions, and that's a big thing. And the whole very intimate relationship she had with um, the Doctor is is worth noting. And, you know, and she looked important. into the time vortex or or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and but, she kind of got super powered. That was well, let's just not talk about that. <laughs> um, even though it did give us Captain Jack in perpetuity, which is awesome. Yes. But, um, so they're in it, and then of course Matt Smith and Clara, played by Jenna Coleman, um, they are going to be, of course, uh, the other two. And then now we've seen from the end of the last uh, series that there is this hidden doctor, which may or may not be called the doctor. Well, his title just said the doctor. Well, and so then the BBC credits were like, oh, the doctor. But um, he doesn't have a name, the doctor, because he didn't live up to that whole... That's the whole point of the doctor is he is his name. If he doesn't live up to that title then they don't call him that or he doesn't. So John Hurt, this famous older actor, you know, from Alien, and he's in the the Hogwarts, uh, the Harry Potter movies as the Ollivander, the wizard guy, or the, the wand guy. Yeah, the wand maker. Um, and, Ollivander. And tons of stuff. Um, he was in Hellboy. That's right. He was groom, a broom, the, this hidden doctor. So he's going to be in the 50th. We know that. I have also read rumor that the eighth doctor, Paul McGann, is going to be in the 50th in some way. Because he's desperate for money. He's not. He's actually a very I'm, I'm joking. Actor. I'm joking. I love Paul McGann, and I think he's actually one of my favorite doctors because on screen, he didn't have a whole lot to do. I mean, he was in one TV movie. That was made, co-made by Fox. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was, was kind of terrible. It's, you know, it's Gangs funny. Gangs in the 90s. <laughs> you watch it and you definitely see the seeds of what Doctor Who is now. So it's kind of an interesting sort of bridge. But yeah, there's a whole lot about it that's the pretty awful. The bridge not travel. It's very Timothy Dalton. 
He, it's oh, like the Timothy Dalton oh, era of God, the end of time <laughs> bullshit. Anyway, um, before the reveal, uh, live, whatever they had a um, they had the end of time on, and my God, I did not care for that. I had forgotten how much I did not like it. Just that whole cheesy master sort of regenerating, uh, not regenerating, but coming back to life, and then the whole time lord thing. I, it was just such. It a made mess. no sense. Such a mess. All. But yeah, now it can be awesome. But now. Is he going to show up in the special the same way that, like, the first Doctor and the third Doctor showed up in the finale last season? Like, they oh, they kind of, like, computer-generated, put Claire doctors, in. Sort and, of. I mean, yeah, they, they kind of had all the Doctors. They had all the costume people running by. behind that one scene. Uh, no, I don't know. It's very much rumor and speculation, and I feel like, at the very least, the 50th will probably have something like that. And they may have set us up for that with the whole idea that... Clara's uh, kind of been intertwined with all of them. Clara is this girl who... In, in many incarnations has met the doctor and, and maybe all of them and died a bunch of times and Don't forget died a bunch died of times. eight billion times and so she is currently at the end of that episode inside the doctor's timeline whatever the hell that means uh and so is matt smith and that's where they meet the hidden doctor and all that so i'm wondering if the 50th sort of uses that as a way to then bring in tenant and rose and then god only knows what they're doing with the christmas if that's like an extension of that or or it's just going to be its own story. I, I don't even know. They had footage from the 50th at Comic-Con, and I am very bitter. Um, Why are you bitter? Because I wanted to see it at the end of this fucking waste of my life that was called the live... I 12th. told you not to watch it. I, I told you not to watch it. I had to. I was excited... We didn't know who it was going to be. Many people thought it was Capaldi because he's a very well-known actor. Uh, there was some uh, stuff on Bleeding Cool about these younger actors that would be a good choice. Mm-hmm. Daniel Rigby I particularly liked. Um, so I was really just kind of like, well, instead of waiting on Twitter and Facebook, I'll just watch this terrible retrospective. Did you see that picture he drew as a child of Tom Baker as the fourth doctor? No. You I need to find that. He, it's actually a very good drawing. Really? And he was a huge Doctor Who nerd as a child. So, I don't know. I love that, actually. That was one of the coolest things when Tenet was announced, that he had done Doctor Who uh, audio, that he was a huge Doctor Who nerd. really made my day. And when Matt Smith was announced, it was like, oh, he kind of grew up in between the Doctors, so it really wasn't that a big deal to him. But, I mean, once we saw him, it was, like, so amazing that we we're just like, oh, whatever. But um, I am yeah. thrilled that Capaldi's a big Doctor Who nerd. And he's a good buddy. In fact, he was in a band with Craig Ferguson, who, if you've never seen Craig Ferguson, he's a big Doctor Who nerd on late night CBS. And well, and there were some rumors like, oh, he hooked that up somehow, though. I doubt he had that kind of connection. No, no, I, I, I doubt it. But I will say... Having seen that Malcolm Tucker stuff and seeing him curse, I feel like the new Doctor is, it could be some kind of like, if Warren Ellis was oh, in God. the body of Craig Ferguson. Oh, God. That's the Doctor. Kill me now. Oh, come on. That'd be amazing. If you had this cranky, manic, cursing. No, he's, he's never going to like be like cursing and stuff, which is, after seeing that Malcolm clip, I'm really hoping but if oh, you, oh, there was only a way. But if you make him snarky and give him clever enough yes. lines, he yes. doesn't need to be saying fuck shit no God no no horse cock, no, I mean. um so so yeah so 50th um i think the only thing that we do know is daleks are involved queen elizabeth is somehow involved oh and some um race that some alien race that oh, hasn't oh, been around yeah the, the zi- zi- uh, ziggurats the uh zygons yeah they're like the creatures yeah. from tom baker's era that like made the loch ness monster or something 
they like crashed into the Loch Ness monster. Uh, maybe they created him. I, I think forget. They, I how think it, it was either their spaceship or their like distraction or something crazy. So I'm excited. Uh, that's not until November, of course. But then the the Christmas special, we really don't know anything about. So I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of like. Sad, of course, because Matt's been one of my favorites. I'm glad Stephen Moffat's not, he's the lead writer. I'm glad he's not leaving because I'm really interested to see how his voice of the Doctor is translated into this new actor. And even if he leaves in like a year or two, it's nice that we had this transition, you know, and, and then Clara being there as well is kind of cool. It's kind of like when Rose was there between Eccleston and Tennant. I guess, I guess I'm just still in mourning. I'm just, a part of me is accepted and moved on, and the other part of me is in denial. I was happy. <laughs> what? I, I've loved Matt Smith, but I I felt like it was coming right now. Like, well, especially with the 50th. You know, yeah. Like that's an opportune time to reinvent. And so we were talking earlier about the fact that he is an older actor. Like, he's in his 50th. In fact, he is tied for the age that William Hartnell, who played the first Doctor, they're, they're the same age. Are you serious? Yes. And he I was half the age of the first Doctor. Well, it was hard living, you know. He had survived the blitz. That puts a couple of years That's on. That's true. Well, they made the well, they made William Hartnell up to look older than he was. I see. Um, the other thing, Capaldi is he's a very well known actor in America, not so much, but in England, people know him. He was in um the uh, uh, Torchwood BBC production before that. Oh, okay. Um, he was in the and he was in Doctor Who, and you know, yeah, the Fires of Pompeii, yeah. which also featured Karen Gillan. Yes. Yes, that was a really weird, but. Thing. Coincidence. He was the Angel Islington in Neverwhere. Yes, I actually been meaning to go back and rewatch that because um, I saw in his IMDb. I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. But yeah, I watched Torchwood season three, uh, Children of Earth. Children of Earth. He yeah. played Frobisher, mm-hmm. which funny Doctor Who fact. I don't know if you guys know this. Frobisher was a penguin companion of the Doctor's. I think it was the sixth Doctor. In the comics, they had a hmm. penguin. Wait, what character did he play don't, don't in the... It's a comic book Doctor Who reference. You should love this. You should not be giving the look of death. It's a penguin! Penguins are adorable! No, they're not. Oh, I like penguins. They're stupid and they can't <gasps> fly. Puffins are amazing. Well, puffins are cool too, but... Anyway, so Frobisher is a reference to that. And Frobisher is the character he played, which is like the British... Not Prime Minister, but he's like some British uh, minister oh, or whatever. I remember. Yeah, and he's yeah. totally ineffectual, boring. Like, I watched it first, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be the new Doctor. That's so sad. Then I watched the Malcolm stuff. But that's, oh. no, like, that character's supposed to be ineffectual. I know. He's a bureaucrat. And he's a great actor, and he played that that role. But when you, like, when Matt Smith was announced, I went back and I watched, uh, there was a Matt Smith thing. Oh, uh, it was a, a Pullman, um, the, the guy who wrote Golden Compass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had written this Sally, not Sally Sparrow, but Something about Smoke and the Ruby, and it was this, like, you know, young female adventurer thing. Uh, and uh, Billy Piper played her. And then Matt Smith was, like, her, I don't know, buddy that helped her. When I saw him play that role, I was like, I see it. I totally see it. And I was relieved. And then when I saw Capaldi play this Tucker guy, I was like, okay, I get it now. I, this this makes sense. Does but, anyone else agree that Matt Smith looks way hotter with short hair? Or is he it looks just more me? attractive. I, I, I think... I way like more him. attractive. I, I don't know. I like the longer hair. But I, I like the long hair because I think it works so well. But he is... He for is the, him as the doctor, but right. he's way hotter with the I, short I, hair. I, I, he's not un, unattractive. I'm a sucker for dorky long hair, so I can't. Yeah. I can't. You should grow some. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you with hair that 
really is much no, longer than that. I, I have to get dreads, and I'm not a dreads person. You can't. Like, I think it would work you for like you. like the fro? I think it would work. I don't. I, I would love... Fat. Oh, I, say, I would love to see you in a fro. No. No, that is coming gone. Oh, will it come back? No, never. Damn it. So, other than Doctor Who TV, uh, I was telling Drew before uh, we started recording that one of the things that I've done in between Doctor Who seasons is try to go back and watch uh, from the beginning. Really, right now, other than doing something like that, the only Doctor Who content that's like new and ongoing are the comics. So, Andy Diggle is still writing the comic. Mm-hmm. And I just read issue three of four. It's the storyline that he does with Clara, and it's still Matt Smith. And it's actually pretty good. It's interesting. It's like the whole idea of if the TARDIS like blew up in size, which is kind of funny given what happened in the season finale, and like ships started getting pulled in through this, like the Eye of Harmony, mm. and they had this whole world kind of built in the TARDIS that be- became of that. You know, how does the Doctor escape it? You know, of course, he doesn't even realize that's what's going on at first. It's kind of a cool story. I actually really am enjoying it. The art's not the best. And that's my... That's always been my problem except uh uh say for the forgotten with pia yeah but she didn't even last more than a couple issues no but my thing about the doctor who comics is the art is never consistent yes it's always like here's a doctor who story and here's some art they don't necessarily coalesce very well nope but we know you're by it because it says doctor who on it mm-hmm. I- i've thought about reading some of the classic who comics they look more interesting to me than you know what's cool the about stuff. that. There's actually some really good comics writers that have done that. Grant Morrison did some of the stuff, and hmm. his aren't the best. But um, Alan Moore, maybe like there, there's just like a few of the bigger name now British usually writers that did it. And you'll see some artists on it that actually are pretty cool, uh, and, and the art's not not bad. Um, and they've collected a lot of that stuff. You can you can pretty easily find it. There's also, if you're interested in like more audio sort of, uh, there's Doctor Who uh, the audio plays from Big Finish. They have fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth Doctors all doing audio plays. And I used to listen to the eighth Doctors a lot because that, that was the only one they had at that time, and they were really well made. Well, some of the best stories like are from that era from what I've heard like the the what was the episode where uh, Tennant goes back and he kind of loses his memory and lives that was originally yes. a radio drama yes, that for was, the 8th Doctor Paul Cornell wrote that and I forgot the name of it Family of Blood was the second part but the yeah. first part was the thing he actually wrote so a lot of the writers Doctor Who now actually used to write the audio plays and they used to write books and so I actually have a couple of the books the new adventures of Doctor Who these were done in like the 80s and the early 90s and like again date russell davies wrote mm-hmm. one i have that one um mark gaddis uh who's done a bunch of doctor who he's he's written a few of those paul cornell a couple of those guys so there is content that's doctor who that you may never have ever read or heard or anything uh if you are interested in trying to go back and just fill your void mm-hmm. fill your gaping doctor who hole does that work no not at all that doesn't put the tardis in that that doesn't get you excited gaping no you hole where is your mind tonight i don't know i was at a bar i'm i'm uh... amorous lecherous what really if this is that for me it's pretty pathetic well it's not like you're a wild child 24 7 that's true well we haven't talked about the most important thing right now which is are we actually happy with the new doctor i think i am you know what i'm excited to see i'm excited to see and and it's going to sound slightly sexist but i'm excited to see how many people drop doctor who 
because he's not young and cute anymore. Have you seen the Tumblr uh, that's like the 12th Doctor butthurt? No, I haven't. It is hilarious because it is these younger girl Doctor Who fans that have like probably started watching in like the last few years mm. and they are devastated by Capaldi being announced and it's the it's the same thing. It's like he's too old, he's ugly, just it's hilarious. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a lot of reactions, but if you started if you're younger and you started with you know matt smith and he's a younger guy and there's some chemistry kind of sort of with him and uh amy you know it's a really really young cast then yeah it's gonna be an adjustment i think yes it is an adjustment but i think it's a correction because doctor who for 90 percent of his existence has been older uncle father figure Mm -hmm. with younger sexy companion but there's nothing there and they can put in some sexy young male companion like one I'm and we had one that. of those uh, Rory, Rory had his moments uh, yeah. but before that it had been a while and Captain Jack to some extent yeah. but I love that they have restored this dynamic that to me especially given that he's the 12th Doctor and it's the 50th anniversary and the first Doctor was much much older than his companions that return to the roots sort of thing yeah. I'm glad that that's what they're doing and you know Moffat was very clear he wanted an older Doctor even when they cast Matt Smith. And the only reason they cast Matt Smith is because they blew him away. They saw him. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. His audition, I said, you are the doctor. Like, it was not even a question. But when they recast after Matt, uh, Moffat said he had a very short list, and the short list had one name, and it was <laughs> Capaldi. And they're like, I want this guy. That's exactly who I think is the doctor. So. Well, I-, I have kind of a theory about why they're going to a much older doctor again. I feel like, you know, there's all this shit that happened during the time war right. that we still don't know completely about. And they're finally bringing that back up again. Like, I think this whole John Hurt doctor thing is, that's him from that era. Like, that's what a lot of the theory on the internet is, at least. I don't know if that's what's going to play out. But we still don't know exactly what happened during the Time War. And I feel like him going from, like, a much older doctor to a much younger doctor, three doctors in a row, he's still... It's almost like a regression. Like, he was trying to escape. Like, he did things that were so egregious, that were so, you know, not the doctor. Right. That he kind of became more childlike again. And when he has to face it, like, because I think that's what's going to happen, is he's going to have to face the shit that... 
whatever this new doc or the mystery doctor is, uh-huh. he's gonna have to face that stuff again, and he's gonna be able to grow up again and be a more mature. I kind of like person. That. I think that works. I don't know if that's what they're doing. I don't or know. Not. That's my. And every time I've tried to theorize about Doctor Who, I'm always disappointed because it's so much less intricate and and meaningful. Yeah. It's a little more. <laughs> oh, this. Oh, like the whole the guy inside the machine, you know, with the doctor dying, and it was actually the tr- tesseract or whatever. Like that. That reveal was kind of like. Oh. I mean, but I mean, what is it? It's it's Deus Ex Machina. Like yes. it's just. Oh yeah. Yeah. The it's end of the machine. the end of the third season with the master when it was like. Oh, what's oh, Martha God. doing? She's getting everybody to say. Probably. Yeah. So the fairy will get his wings back. It's like no, this is terrible. This this is not good. But I mean, if you can't handle Deus Ex Machina, you cannot watch Doctor Who. No, well, no. In every it, season, there's at least one. I think it's just how you do it, and I think the way they handled the first Matt Smith season was actually really decent, even though it was the same idea, where it was like, if you believe hard enough, if you if you only remember the Doctor, he'll come back. And it was like, eh, eh okay, not so much. But um, it, they sold it. They sold it. Like, the, the delivery was perfect. Second of Matt's, not so much. And then this one what's like wait well then so at least they did something very different with this third season of matt they didn't try to do well actually they, they did try to do the universe is ending the stars are going out they did yeah. that again didn't they damn it well and the um the series seven finale i know you guys already talked about it but it was that i mean nothing about it seemed threatening you it it just seemed like it was half-assed those whisper men are going to get you. I know. They oh, were the, the least threatening. They could have been scary, but no. They're like, I, think, eh. I actually think the way they ended the, with the Angels of Manhattan, the, the way they ended the, the mm-hmm. ponds. Oh, that, that was a good. That, to me, felt like a really good way to end a season because you really have a kind of a downer. Well, and most thing. people I know who watched the show thought that was the end of the season, and then this new part with Claire was a completely different well, season they, because they, they approached it. They're not, as far as, you know, there being some sort of overarching theme, yeah. there's not. Like, there's part one and part two. That's like, they're very like, separate. Like that, that's the way Doctor Who used to be, like, shot and, and aired. It's like, you'd have this story arc or this season with, like, six or seven episodes, and, you know, two of them were totally random, and four of them had this overarching theme and then yep, that's the end of that no i mean it's it's it really and in the way american television for a while was running where they would have the mid-season break but the mid-season would be like the it was like the sci-fi channel shows well they do a cliffhanger but it was like the sci-fi shows where they have like a partial season over the mm. summer then they take like the fall off and then they show like a, a winter season or they do some other thing in the spring or something like battlestar used to do that warehouse 13 does it, it does, they so they still do it and so it's kind of that model but yeah no they're very incongruent the only through line in that series is uh, Clara because she's in the first she, episode, I mean, Yeah, she shows up in the first half. And then but... she comes back. So, like, that's your through line. But again, the end of the season is oh, the stars are going out because the Doctor is being rewritten. Oh, wait, Clara, of course Clara saves the day. So, like, you know, it, it's unfortunate because I really enjoyed watching it. I was, you know, I really got into it. But then thinking about it, you're just like, well, yeah, it was pretty much like the first or the, the Smith. Every other yeah. season of the show. So but the, it ended ended really cool. I, I did not expect to see uh, John I, Hurt is yeah, the other Doctor. I had read that that was coming out in the 50th. I did not know it was coming out at the end of that season as like a teaser. Like that's yeah. kind of what that functioned as. 
it was the it was a cliffhanger without being a cliffhanger. It was like, oh shit, this guy, you know. So I don't know. That's that's our that's our Doctor Who uh, nerd fest. We don't get to do this on the regular show ever no. because Jared, Eric, and uh, Joshua. Joshua they look at us like, get on with it. This is boring. And this this is probably not going to necessarily make new fans of Doctor Who. No. Oh no. But no. This is if you're a fan. This is for this is for Doctor Who fans. If for some miraculous reason though you are someone who have been curious about Doctor Who uh, and we've completely spoiled it for you I'm sorry I think the episode we well I don't know the episode I like to recommend I think Drew is the same way is the beginning of Matt Smith yeah I know a lot of people who have started with that and really liked it and I was talking about this before the show but I started rewatching from um, Chris Eccleston and so now I'm at like the end of season two but a lot of people hate those first few episodes of Eccleston they're a little cheesy they're cheesy but I don't think his season is that bad like I watched it and I was, I was like wow I haven't watched this in like seven years it was 2005 yeah. Yeah. yeah seven eight years and it's really good it's just those first few episodes are cheesy and you don't really get a good sense of what the show's about yeah. just by watching those so yeah but you know like that to me like I really like his season like I, I really like him as a doctor he's not necessarily my favorite he's my first right well my my first he was my first welcome back oral because I, I i remember doctor who i just don't remember doctor I, who. I, that I, I sense? Right. yeah yeah and his season's really great and i always want to start people in that season and it's the hardest one to do because yeah. you know they're like well it's so much and it's boring i'm like it's six it's six episodes it's 12 it's 12 it's yeah. 12. 12 episodes like yeah. if you can't get past 12 episodes of a sci-fi show then you shouldn't be watching it at and all. they're hour longs they move really quick like they're mm-hmm. not like they used to be like we were talking about some of the very early episodes and how they're just two guys talking about their planet for 20 minutes and you're like um where's the doctor and what the hell is going on yeah yeah um, but like if you start with the first Matt Smith episode, like that hooks you right away. Well, and what's going to and that cool, whole episode's very good. What's going to be cool is if for some reason you don't, you hear this and you don't, you put it off. You actually could start with next year <laughs> the eighth season of Doctor Who since the reboot uh, with Capaldi. Your twelfth, the twelfth Doctor could be a good, and they usually are a good jumping on point. Although because Clara is the companion still, I think it'll be harder. Whereas with Matt Smith, completely new companion, completely new. Doctor. Yeah. It was like, it felt like a fresh start. I, I know what you're saying. There's that, like, lack of continuity, and yeah, it's like a clean break, you know? Yeah, like, there, there's been no exploration of, like, anything related to Rose, Martha, Torchwood, Jack Harkness, anything in these past Yeah, it's kind of remarkable seasons. that they didn't even truck out Captain Jack. I kind of wish they had, but... Yeah. If any of them show up in the, you the, know, the, other yeah. than uh, David Tennant and Rose, but... I mean, a lot of them are... That would be awesome. To break down the BBC gates and say, please, dear God, let me in this bitch. But, <laughs> I mean, my, my fear for the 50th is is the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine approach where even though we want all these characters, if you can't tell a really good story with 20 plus characters, uh-huh. you can only do it with six, just do it with six and we'll deal. Well, I thought that the end of, what was it, Series 4, the last season with David Tennant, where they brought in... The Children of Time. They brought I in like Rose. They brought back Rose. They brought back, uh, you know, there was Donna and Martha and Jack was there and Sarah Jane and... Wasn't Gwen in it from Torchwood? Yeah. Gwen and Yonto. I, I thought it was. I enjoyed it. I will. I say know it's too much, but I. I think it. it was ridiculous. <laughs> I 
the whole fake regeneration of the doctor to make the clone Dr. Donna to give Rose somebody to have a happy ending with all that really sucked and to add the cherry onto the shit pile that I you know it felt at the time the music and I normally really like Murray Gold I think he does a good job with the Doctor Who music like that whatever song they play when they're all sitting around driving the TARDIS back it was this terrible Vangelis inspired Ugh. see and I like Van I like Vangelis too but that was just Oh, it you, just, you know what? You know what know. that because you know I will I will fight for that episode tooth and nail. And it's not just Donna's departure. Um, that really like Donna will always be my favorite companion. I don't care who. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that. I love Donna so much. Yeah, and they fucked her. They did. They fucked her so hard at the end, and that I was so. That's one thing that pissed me off yeah. about that episode. But it's I feel like Doctor Who had gotten so big with Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Chronicles and the main series going so well that they, I mean, because we all want a crossover. Remember when um, Avonlea crossed over with Anne of Green Gables? Wasn't that fantastic? Yeah. And so that's what they did. They gave us a crossover. And crossovers aren't supposed to be... It's fan know, service. Yeah. But you know what? It was it was fun. It was fun and dark at the same time mm-hmm. with all the Daleks and, and mm-hmm. bring Davros back. I mean, there were things about it that I liked, but I guess it just hit that saturation point where it was kind of like when I watched Doomsday the first time and I'm like, okay, this is wank- fan wankery here. We're bringing the Daleks and the Cybruin together, fight each other other and i mean it's every little fanboys i want to take these toys out and i want to take these toys out and i want them to fight i want to take superman out and i want to take uh spider-man or you know captain america and have them go at it like that was just a little over the top but the emotional beats at the end of that episode absolutely like made me cry like a bitch i mean it was after all that just spectacle to bring it back down to something so personal that was cool like but that's i really what that episode that. does well and I, and that's why i think overall it's a good episode episode but the whole just oh we're gonna have this and this and it was just crazy so like Davies we were talking about this a little bit too uh, Davies has a good knack for being serious and having a little more gravity and a little more you know impact emotionally and he's really good at getting those really personal moments um, well and by that point he every season finale he had to one up the previous one oh. like he had to up the ante times yeah. 10 every time and that's why it was good that like the show like flushed everything the companion mm-hmm the doctor, the writer, you know, the head right, runner, the whole, everything. Like the production and started staff, over with I Matt think Smith. some of it stayed, but the producers, it was a completely different producer, uh, yeah. writer, head writer, you know, like some of the writers stayed on. but Because you know, that wasn't sustainable to, and, and yeah. it was a total, that whole episode we were talking about, total spectacle, totally ridiculous in every way, but it was like, he reached that point where you couldn't get any more ridiculous, and then do they had to take it down a notch. Do you think with the 12th Doctor, we will have less zany kind uh, people have complained, uh, actually, several people have complained about Moffat's doctors as being very um, cartoony. Uh, do you think that with this new doctor, we'll have a little bit more serious tone, a little bit more, certainly maybe irascible sort of thing? I mean, well, I think he's that. at the I mean, best when it's a little of both. Yeah. Because every doctor has his zany moments and his dark moments. Mm-hmm. And if you can't have both, I, I think that Moffat, it's been a little bit more to the zany side than I would prefer, but. Mm-hmm. Not to the point where I don't like his writing or that I haven't liked this doctor, but it's slightly more goofy than I would prefer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to the Eccleston run, like, he, he could do, like, funny and I would say surly as his zany. He was sarcastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a dick. Like, his humor was never goofy. It was always, like, 
it seemed like it was at the expense of another yeah. character whenever he made a joke that yeah. landed. And so I think we we might drift backwards that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's okay. Yeah. I just you know it's funny because I I watch a lot of BBC shows and the BBC. If you've ever wanted to break yourself out of like that American, I want these same characters to come back. Yes, you know these same people have to play X, Y, and Z. Watch the BBC and they will totally rid you of that. Your favorite characters die people you think are like the main protagonist turn out to be like jack shit downton abbey downton downton will tear you asunder and i love downton but i'm i'm wondering how much um american audiences are going to be able to to take like how much does your love of like all things nerdy and sci-fi specifically doctor who which i remember watching doctor who years ago when everyone's like what's that yes and so now that it's everywhere and, you know, we have this way of, like, appropriating things and, you know, saying that they're mm-hmm. ours when we're forced to deal with drastic changes and new characters and, you know, a new doctor that unlike the last two, dare I say three, like, ha- like what's that breaking point? Have we reached that, that, um, sort of reverse tipping point? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are, are we jumping the shark? Are we going back down? I don't think we're jumping the shark. No. I just don't think that audiences are going to adjust as well as they think they're going. I'm to. really curious to see what happens. I really, really wonder. And I think they're probably seeing this as a challenge to make Doctor Who still just as compelling, but with a very different shift, like having this this older Doctor. So, well, and Doctor Who's become like bigger and bigger and bigger just in the past few years. It's still not at the point where everyone watches it and is obsessed no, with it. I mean, it's it's. But I it will hasn't say this: reached mainstream Comic Con this year, uh, Comic Con International, whatever. Uh, supposedly, the Doctor Who line, uh, people were getting there three and a half hours ahead of it, and they. Still still did make it in. Like, the, that was one of the biggest panels for that kind of thing. I mean, I mean, there, there were other ones that were huge, too, but it has reached a certain level of critical mass, and with the new Doctor, they, they risk deflating that and, and kind of backing away. Well, yeah, because it's, it's right there at that tipping point yeah. of critical mass, like where it, it's not totally saturated, but like, it's, like, so close. Yeah, and, 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 and the show's been around for 50 years, not continuously, but for most of that time, there's been oh, a Doctor Who. Survive. I think it will survive, and honestly, Honestly, I mean, I don't want them to not be successful, and I don't want to be guilty of that whole, oh, I I liked... Uh, hipster. Yeah, a hipster, no. basically. I, I liked that when it wasn't so big. But at the same time, Doctor Who has always been a little more nerdy than geeky, mm-hmm. a little less pop culture than sort of fringe, and I'm okay with it going back to that. But again, I don't want to... I mean, obviously, I want it to be successful. I love the fact that there's fucking a buku amount of Doctor Who toys out there to choose from. Like, think back like 10 years ago uh, Doctor Who fans that, you know, were Doctor Who fans then. We didn't have uh, TARDIS bobbleheads. We didn't have Lego minifigure Doctor Who characters. We didn't have any of this shit that we have now. I mean, it's remarkable. It's it's awesome. I love it. But uh, you know, if if Doctor Who wasn't, you know, three and a half hour lines of Comic-Con, if it wasn't you know, all these little 14, 15 year old girls being upset because their new Doctor is like their grandfather. I mean, is that so terrible? Like, you know, it, I don't know. I, and I'm I think okay it'll remain very popular in the UK because oh. ever since series one, it, when it came back, it's been really popular over there. It's just the past oh. few years, it's been bigger here. Yeah. Oh, you hear that, America? Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Even yeah, if the US you, loses interest, it'll still be big over there, I think. Yeah. And, I, and I want, again, I want their budget to stay big because if their budget contracts, that means they're going to go back to shitty rubber men in suits and 
little. It'll never get that no, bad. I, I, I don't mind the rubber it. suits. I think there's a certain you know charm in it, but no, I, I, I'm surprise. happy with your... No, not at all, Drew. Not at all. Not those kinds of rubber suits. I was gonna say, what are you saying? <laughs> what now? Nothing. Um. So, uh, anything to plug? We won best comic shop in Orlando Woo! seven years in a row. I'm so, very happy. A comic shop. We're having a party on the 24th. It's Saturday. Also, my day off. Oh shit. Yup. That's also the red share benefit. That's also, oh God, there's a bunch of shit that day. I'm thrilled. We are going to try to get Flame on in the watermark. Uh, what are they called? The Wave Awards coming up? Listen. I'm sorry. I, I had something stuck in my uh-huh. We were, we were second place last year for best website. Uh, not that our website is very great because it's really more of a nerdy show uh, adjunct page, but uh, I want to get the comic shop in there somehow, and I think there was a category that sort of worked, um, but they don't have the same level of granularity like best comic shop or anything. Yeah. Uh, but we did go to the awards ceremony, and it was fun, and got a little, you know, little thing. So that's coming up soon, and we'll put a link up so you guys can vote for us. Mr. Drew, do you have any uh, recent contributions to First Order Historian? Mm. Are they still Not, in business? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they're still there. You just haven't really. I'm a, yeah. You're deadbeat. I'm a deadbeat. Well, that's okay. We all have our moments. So in the feed, of course, right before this, we had our most recent cast recording, which was fantastic. Uh, nice to get all the gang back together. After this, I think we're having another uh, cast recording. That or a microsode. I, oh, well, and Jared, just off of his Gamer X con. Yeah, I saw him tonight. I'm very excited to hear how his experience was. Uh, so we'll definitely make sure that that's... A lot of uh, traipsing through Japantown, I'll tell you that. I love Japantown. That's awesome. It's like a little mall of Japanese culture. It's fantastic. Um, but we'll talk about that, and if you have anything you want to share with us, please find us on flameonshow.com, Flame On Show on Facebook, Flame On Podcast on Twitter, which occasionally gets little spikes of activity from those of us who post odd pictures of men in mesh underwear or something. It wasn't I, me. I don't know who the hell it was. I think it was Josh. But anyway, um, and uh, you can email us at any, any of our names, Brian, Oral, uh, the question, because I haven't added Joshua as a name, Jared and Eric at flameonshow.com. Uh, please email us because we love getting feedback. We love getting questions, fanfic, marriage Slash proposals fake. for our single members of the crew. Wow. Way to put sell Joshua and I out. <laughs> Jared. And Jared. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess uh, on that note, uh, flame off. Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, the ones in the blue box, a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out flameonshow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.